Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today our guest is Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle. Tim, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, busy time of the year as we head into this last quarter, an election coming up in less than a month. we got a lot of things happening, but uh, before we get to some of that, uh, please uh, bring us up to speed on COVID numbers, if you will. You know, our case numbers yesterday, as of yesterday, Ken, were up to 657 cases in Crow Wing County. So to give you some idea, that is about 100 cases per 10,000 residents. And you use a measure like that to compare to how you're doing with, um, you know, others. Uh, What we would see in our neighbors is that they are running pretty comparable, 100 um, cases per 10,000 residents. The one exception is uh, Todd County is running a little bit higher than that. Well, quite a bit higher than that because of uh, an outbreak they had Mm -hmm. in some of their manufacturing community. The better way, I think, to give an idea of where we're at is to look at something that would be a little bit more of a recent statistic because uh, the one I was just talking about is since inception. Uh, And so we look at the number of new cases per day uh, per 10,000 residents over the course of the past two weeks. And so it's the average number of new cases every day for the past two weeks per 10,000 residents. Uh, To give you some idea, for the week ending uh, as recently as September 12th, Crow Wing County was at 11.12 new cases per 10,000 residents in the last 14 days. And the week ending September 19th, it climbed to 15.35. The week ending 926, 27.88. And for the week ending October 3rd, they're still polishing up some of the numbers, trying to make sure they get them into the right counties. We're looking at about 32. Mm. And so what we're seeing is that that new case rate is climbing um, substantially. And we're seeing the impacts of that in our community, aren't we, in terms of um, employers that are having to quarantine employees, school districts that are having to move between learning models and in some cases even um, close. Uh, and so the you know, what I'm d- most concerned about in our community right now is just the disruption that this causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the economic impacts of that everywhere. Right. Um, and so I would just ask, it's, it's a gentle reminder to those of us as the weather gets colder and we're going inside more mm-hmm. and more. I think we're, it's reasonable to think that these numbers are going to continue to climb, and so our best practices become more important. You know, the safe social distancing, um, washing hands, um, and wearing a face mask in public, um, those kinds of things. And we all know how frustrating it is. I mean, we're, you know, so many people are just like, oh, they've had it, but we have to keep, we, we have to keep on this. We really do. Well, and I'm tired mm-hmm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. I really am. And so it's not hard for anybody to understand that we have COVID fatigue. The problem is COVID's not tired. Yeah. Nope. Uh, and, and so I, I think it's just important that we watch these statistics. And one of the statistics I would like to talk about a, a little bit is, you know, the age distribution. We're seeing about 22% of our cases Uh, are in the age range 19 to 29. Mm. Um, If I went to anything under age 29, 0 to 29, then I'm looking at 35% of the cases in Crow Wing County. To put that into some context, for the age groups over 70, it's 14% of our cases. 
And I think it kind of makes sense. We all know that there's an asymptomatic group of people, and the younger you are, the less you have symptoms. Mm -hmm. I think about it myself. If I have symptoms of a cold, I quit kissing my wife Mm -hmm. because I don't want to give her the cold. If I don't have symptoms of the cold, I keep kissing my wife, not knowing I'm giving her the cold. And, And that's what I think we're experiencing, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm really asking the young folks who are out there listening today that they can become the vectors of transmission in mm-hmm. the community without even knowing it. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think anybody intentionally infects anybody else, but unknowingly, um, I think what we can see is that it is important, no matter which age group you are, in order to protect the whole population. Mm-hmm. Everyone plays a part. Yeah. We all got to play a part. Yeah, no doubt. Hmm. All right. And uh, during this crazy year of the pandemic, uh, so many things have changed the way that we normally do things. And I guess that statement applies to the election as well, doesn't it? Oh, boy. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a great time to be in public service because there are so many things that are going on that are just kind of like, uh, oh, this is you know, maybe new for the first time. So we've got a couple of different things going on. The general election, obviously, everybody knows that's on uh, Tuesday the 3rd. Um, And the election is essentially open right now for early voting. And so we've had many, many residents already coming in to the historic courthouse to vote early. Some of them are coming in to drop off mail ballots. Um, Mail precinct ballots were mailed out to registered voters uh, on September 30th. Um, And so if you're not currently registered, you're going to need to apply to register. Um, You can do that by mail if you're a mail ballot precinct. You can return your ballot by mail or in person uh, if you're a mail ballot precinct. And if you're not in a mail ballot precinct, your polling location will be open on Election Day. So you got lots of different options. Um, If you're in a mail precinct, for instance, you can return it in the first-class postage-paid envelope. You can drop it off early or drop off your ballot in person at the historic courthouse. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. We're going to be open on Thursdays uh, in October until 7 p.m. on the 22nd and the 29th, and Saturdays on the 24th and the 31st from 9 to 3. Mm. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, and we got something new this year um, because there are as many mail-in precincts uh, this year. Um, we're going to have a drive-up drop-off. So oh. if you want to drop your ballot off and you don't want to put it in the mail, you want to make sure we get it. Uh, starting on October 14th through November 2nd, we're going to have a drive-up drop location in the oh. parking lot on the corner of 4th and Laurel. That's right across the street from the historic courthouse. Um, we'll be staffing it from 8 to 5. There has to be election judges there. Treat it just like a polling location. And it is election judges representing the major political parties. Uh, and, and so we're going to set it up that you can just drive up. The election judges will come out to you. They'll ask you the appropriate questions they need from you. Uh, and then they will accept your ballot without you ever having to get out of the car. Wow, that's very convenient. Try to make it, you know, as easy as it can. Um, we, If you are going to have someone else bring your ballot, your ballot for you, which can occur, but you can't deliver more than three voters' ballots. Okay. And so you got to show some ID, sign an affidavit, and so, you you know, in those circumstances, all of that can occur as you drive up. Awesome. That's cool. All right. Now, uh, 
for those who who may have moved recently to the area, not sure if they're registered to vote, uh, you know, and uh, uh, haven't received a ballot in the mail if they're in one of those or want to find out what's going on (laughs) where they vote, is there a place on the county website where we can find out all this information, Tim? Yes, you can give our website, uh, take a look on our website at crowwing.us. You can otherwise email us, elections, at crowwing.us, or you can call us, 824-1051. It is kind of a unique election, and so we are getting more phone calls than we normally would be with people asking questions, and we encourage you to do so. Um, We want to make sure that everybody who wants to vote gets a chance to vote. If you're not registered, you can certainly stop in here between now and Election Day. Uh, You can also register at the polls. Very good. And Tim, I, I know in the news we keep hearing all these stories about, you know, the safe election and so on and so forth. But I think people need to keep in perspective that voting by mail has been happening for a long, long time in Minnesota. There are, there's a, you know, certainly there are precincts within Crow Wing County that have been mail-in ballot precincts for quite some time. Mm-hmm. We added five new ones this year who the precinct itself decides whether it wishes to be all mail-in precincts or not. And there were five additional precincts this year that because of COVID decided they did not want to have people congregating at their polling location. And mm-hmm. so we mail the ballot to registered voters. So it's not like we put them at the, you know, at the local convenience store, uh, you know, pick up your ballot here, pick up as many as you want. No, Mm -hmm. it is mailed to each registered voter. There is a long set of protocols about how that has to be done, which envelopes it needs to be in, witness signatures, uh, affidavits, uh, and the like. I'm not an expert on the elections, but we have one on staff and Debbie Erickson who... She's amazing frequently at the state and the federal level. We're very fortunate to have her, so mm-hmm. I have every confidence um, in the validity of our election. And the safety, yep. That's yep. good. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to something else, because I know uh, we talked earlier in the year about this, but uh, COVID has wreaked havoc with uh, the well businesses, large and small, and it also affects the county in terms of budget. So bring us up to speed on what's happening there. Well, there's a lot of things that are and are not COVID-related. So crowing uh, the county board at their meeting on uh, September 22nd set the preliminary budget for 2021, and it's a 4.97% increase in the tax levy. That's the amount that we collect from taxpayers in their property taxes. We also have about 1.9, 1. Uh, 1.8% of new construction in the county. We did see quite a bit of mm-hmm. new construction this past year. So that kind of helps to spread that 4.97 across a little bit of a larger base, if you will. The pie got a little bigger. Um, So there's three main things that are driving our budget increase. We lost about a million bucks in revenue from the Minnesota Department of Corrections. We used to be housing state inmates in the county jail. Um, They're no longer sending inmates out um, because of covid And so that was a pretty rapid million-dollar loss in revenue for us, which is substantial. Um, And then we've also seen drops in interest rates. uh, And so the uh, investment income that we can earn on our portfolio between the times, then we need it for cash flow. That's uh, we're probably going to lose about a three hundred thousand in revenue for that. And then um, we also have. You know, there's 26 pay periods in a year if you get paid every two weeks. And once every so often, there's 27 because 26 times 14 gives you about 364 days. Uh, And we know that there's more than that. 
uh, and in a leap year, there's two more than that. So we have a 27th pay period in 2021. So it's like, um, goodness gracious, of wow. all the years to have the 27th pay period, 2021 is it. Go 2020. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know it's just this exacerbation, I think, of strange occurrences. Um, and so I, I uh, we always would wish that that is lower, but that's what's going on with our budget. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you have those stats off the top of your head, but it would seem to me there were some good things that did come about. I heard building permits and a lot of those things uh, were actually up because people were doing a lot of projects. Yeah, and uh, maybe that was because they were staying at home and the honeydew list had to be had to be gone through. I don't know. Oh, yeah. but, um, we did see more building activity. Now, the new construction figure that I gave you, Ken, was for last year. Ah, okay. And so we don't yet know what the new construction figure will be for the year 2019, um, but we know that through the entirety of um, 20, I'm sorry, through 2019, through the entirety of 2020, we don't yet know what that figure is going to be. Okay. Well, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Tim, The right after we vote, uh, many will be uh, donning the blaze orange to get ready to deer hunt <laughs> here in Minnesota. And uh, we need to know some um, important things about that because of chronic wasting disease again, don't we? I'm going to go back to all of my professors in public administration school and tell them that they need to start teaching about disease uh, <laughs> epidemiology because holy mackerel, yeah. right. chronic wasting disease, a similar uh, infectious disease that runs through the local, what they call cervid population, it's deer, elk, uh, anything in that deer family. Yeah. Um, and it's basically a brain disease that ends up becoming fatal. Um, and so there's these um, they call them defective proteins, prions, and those prions can live in the soil. So if a deer is infected, dies of chronic wasting disease, um, and dies on the soil and the body decomposes, those prions stay in the soil and the next cervid or deer that comes along and may eat grass that grew out of that soil can contract chronic wasting disease. Oh my gosh. So it is spread through saliva through body contact, uh, and the prions can lay dormant in the soil. Let's put this into a good perspective. Right now, there has been one confirmed case of, cro- of chronic wasting disease in the wild deer population in Crowing County, and last year we went to extraordinary efforts to encourage our listeners to bring their deer carcasses to us. After they're done with them, we're getting them from um, meat lockers. After they're done with them, we want to take what's left of the carcass after you have gotten it tested and gotten it confirmed that that does not have chronic wasting disease, even to be in an overabundance of caution. Bring them to the landfill free of charge. We'll take care of environmentally, um, in an environmentally responsible way, getting rid of them and destroying those prions. Our hope is that we can contain the spread while it's still small. Probably two, three, four years is what we would want to continue to do this without any more positive test results. That would give us an indication that maybe we eradicated that particular strain. Strain, yeah. Okay. Okay. And for those who can't get it to the landfill, what are their other options, Tim? You know, um, the DNR does provide disposal options okay. around in their special chronic wasting disease um, deer zones. Okay. And so there are DNR dumpsters. Uh, I believe they want you to wrap the stuff in plastic and then uh, bring it. So I would encourage you to look in the DNR's website for okay. those. Sure. For Crow Wing County, bring it out to the landfill. We'll take care of it for you. Okay. 
All right, and I, we might add, too, that as you pointed out, it travels through sal- saliva, and I know the DNR has tried to tell people, I know we love to see deer in our backyard, but don't put out the corn no. pile or feed them because you're just helping to spread that disease, aren't you? Yeah, because they're congregated. Yeah. And isn't that what we know about infectious diseases? <laughs> yes. Right? And they're not wearing masks. They're not wearing masks, <laughs> except the one in Deerwood, maybe. You know, if only we could. Uh, I think there's a picture there that would be pretty comical. But, yeah, you know, when you got... Anything that, if there's a, an infected animal of any kind within close proximity to other animals, you can have, sometimes it's transmitted by saliva, sometimes it's transmitted by air droplets. But the bottom line is it's transmitted based on close proximity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim, we covered a lot of ground. And uh, again, I want to go back to a couple of things. First and foremost, the election. If people have questions, you said they can call 824 1051 and also go on your website for more information? Yep, crowwing.us. You can also email us at elections at crowwing.us. Very good. Awesome. Tim, thank you so much for being with us today to uh, talk about these important subjects, and we'll look forward to hearing from you again next month. Thank you guys so much for having me. Be well. You too. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Tim. All right, bye-bye. Tim Houle is the Crowing County Administrator. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. That's today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our community focus programs can be heard on our website. Just log on to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.